In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Beloved in the Lord, let us draw near with a true heart and confess our sins to God our Father, asking him in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to grant us forgiveness. I will go to the altar of God, to God my exceeding joy. Our help is in the name of the Lord. Holy and merciful Father, I confess that I am by nature sinful and that I have disobeyed you in my thoughts, words, and actions. I have done what is evil and failed to do what is good. For this I deserve your punishment both now and in eternity. But I am truly sorry for my sins and trusting in my Savior Jesus Christ, I pray, Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. Christ has died, Christ is risen, Christ will come again. In his great mercy, God made us alive in Christ even when we were dead in our sins. Hear the word of Christ through his called servant. I forgive you all your sins in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Shout for joy to God, all the earth, Alleluia. Sing the glory of his name, give to him glorious praise, Alleluia. Say to God, how awesome are your, your deeds, so
the church of God and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Almighty God, you show those in error the light of your truth, so that they may return to the way of righteousness. Grant faithfulness to all who are admitted into the fellowship of Christ Church, that they may avoid whatever is contrary to their confession, and follow all such things as are pleasing to you. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, 
who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. You may be seated for the readings. Our first reading for the fourth Sunday of Easter is written in the book of the prophet Isaiah, chapter 40. We read verses 25 to 31. To whom will you compare me? Or who is my equal, says the Holy One? Lift your eyes and look to the heavens. Who created all these? He brings out the starry host one by one and calls them each by name. Because of his great power and mighty strength, not one of them is missing. Why do you say, O Jacob, and complain, O Israel? My way is hidden from the Lord. My cause is disregarded by my God. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. This is the word of the Lord. is written in the first letter of St. Peter, chapter 2. Dear friends, I urge you as aliens and strangers in the world to abstain from sinful desires which war against your soul. Live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. Submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to every authority instituted among men, whether to the king as the supreme authority or to governors who are sent by him to punish those who do wrong and to commend those who do right. For it is God's will that by doing good you should silence the ignorant talk of, free, of foolish men. Live as free men, but do not use your freedom as a cover-up for evil. Live as servants of God. 
Show proper respect to everyone. Love the brotherhood of believers. Fear God. Honor the king. Slaves, submit yourselves to your masters with all respect, not only to those who are good and considerate, but also to those who are harsh. For it is commendable if a man bears up under the pain of unjust suffering because he is conscious of God. But how is it to your credit if you receive a beating for doing wrong and endure it? But if you suffer for doing good and you endure it, this is commendable before God. This is the word of God. Please stand. Alleluia. sent redemption to his people. Alleluia! Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? Alleluia! Alleluia! The Holy Gospel, according to St. John, we read from the 16th chapter. In a little while you will see me no more, and then after a little while you will see me. Some of his disciples said to one another, what does he mean by saying, in a little while you will see me no more, and then after a little while you will see me, because I am going to the Father. They kept asking, what does he mean by a little while? We don't understand what he is saying. Jesus saw that they wanted to ask him about this, so he said to them, are you asking one another what I meant when I said, in a little while you will see me no more? And then after a little while you will see me? I tell you the truth, you will weep and mourn while the world rejoices. You will grieve, but your grief will turn to joy. A woman giving birth to a child has pain because her time has come. But when her baby is born, she forgets the anguish because of her joy that a child is born into the world. So with you. Now is your time of grief. But I will see you again and you will rejoice, and no one will take away your joy. This is the, okay.
Peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Amen. We read the gospel lesson again. Please stand. From John chapter 16, we read again verses 16 to 22. In a little while you are not going to see me anymore. And again in a little while you will see me, because I am going away to the Father. Therefore some of his disciples asked one another, What does he mean when he tells us, In a little while you are not going to see me, and again in a little while you will see me, and because I am going away to the Father. So they kept asking, What does he mean by a little while? We don't understand what he's saying. Jesus knew that they wanted to ask him about this, so he said to them, Are you trying to determine from one another what I meant by saying, In a little while you are not going to see me? And again in a little while you will see me. Amen, amen, I tell you. You will weep and wail, but the world will rejoice. You will become sorrowful, but your sorrow will turn to joy. A woman giving birth has pain because her time has come. But when she has delivered the child, she no longer remembers the anguish because of her joy that a person had been born into the world. So you also have sorrow now. But I will see you again. Your heart will rejoice, and no one will take away your joy from you. This is the Holy Gospel of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and we pray. O Lord, these are your words, and they are true. Make us holy and strengthen us to face the trials of this world by the power of your truth and the glory of your resurrection. Amen. You may be seen. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, the last week of Jesus' life on earth, there was much confusion among his disciples. When Jesus was going up to Jerusalem that last time, the disciples were afraid the Jews were going to kill them, and they feared for their own lives too. In fact, Thomas, called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, Let's go too, so that we may die with him. They knew the threat of the Jewish leaders' hatred for Jesus and the fear of those Jewish rulers that, that, this, that Jesus' ministry would disrupt their uneasy relationship with the Roman overlords. And still the welcoming crowds on Palm Sunday had the disciples confident that with so many people supporting Jesus, his victory over their enemies was certainly well in hand. At the same time, the disciples were hearing some strange things from Jesus. The disciples had expected Jesus to assume control of Judah and reign with the power and majesty like King David. And then he kept telling them things that he would, like, like that he would soon die. Jesus even told them how he would suffer, the cruelty that would be inflicted upon him, and how his death would happen. Yet he also told them he would rise from the dead. But it was all incomprehensible to them because of their preconceived notions. Our sermon text is one of those exchanges that in the moment made no sense to Jesus' disciples. However, we thank God for it. Because 
just as those disciples would soon learn. We have every confidence because every prediction Jesus made would be fulfilled. And for us, that means that just like the disciples who had to be apart from Jesus for a short time, in a little while we will see him. With the benefit of hindsight, Jesus' statement makes perfect sense. In a little while you are not going to see me, and again in a little while you will see me, because I am going away to the Father. Today, knowing how that week worked out, we know that Jesus was here teaching the disciples exactly what lay ahead of him. Jesus wanted his followers to be prepared for the trauma of seeing him arrested, tried, convicted, executed, tortured, and buried in such unlikely and hasty fashion. He also intended that even as they mourned his suffering and death, that they be eagerly awaiting the glory of Easter morning. While Jesus knew the suffering and death he had been prepared and sent to undergo for us, he also knew that the Father would not have leave him decay in the grave. And so, yes, the disciples would lose sight of Jesus for a few days, but that isn't the end of the story. And as we celebrated just a few days ago, Jesus lives. He has won an everlasting victory for you and me and all who believe. But in the moment of our sermon text, that wasn't yet understood by his disciples. And therefore, some of them asked one another, what does he mean when he tells us, in a little while you are not going to see me, and again in a little while you will see me, because I am going away to the Father. And so they kept asking, what does he mean by a little while? We don't understand what, he's, what he was saying. Even though this was not the first time Jesus had taught what lay ahead of for him, confusion reigned and reigns still today when people don't expect, accept what the Lord says. One might well ask how this fits our times. Much of our world has little patience for what God's word clearly says. And therefore confusion reigns over, our, over much of our world. And you can see that daily in the news and the craziness that we see and hear reported from all over the world. We might also ask, does that confusion touch us? And the answer is that like every other sin, you and I are not immune. We too have our failings and weaknesses. We too may wonder and weep when things are, seem hard to understand when we have to stand unexpectedly at a grave to say goodbye, we often find ourselves asking why. Why, Lord, do you take this one away from me? Or perhaps we don't like the laws, either old or new. And many times we won't like how the world treats Christian believers. We may well ask why God allows so much wickedness in this world. Why, Lord, don't you put a stop to those who oppose you and your people? Many would say that Jesus didn't have power over anyone when the soldiers came to arrest him, but they would be dead wrong. You see, our Lord was in control of every moment and everything that happened to him. 
Jesus showed that to his disciples in this text. He said to them, Are you trying to determine from one another what I meant by saying, In a little while you are not going to see me, and again in a little while you will see me? Amen, amen, I tell you, you will, be, you will weep and wail, but the world will rejoice. You will become sorrowful, but your sorrow will be turned to joy. Again, hindsight is our friend in this. The Jewish leaders, of course, celebrated to see Jesus dead and buried. And I'm sure the devil hoped that he had won victory over God's Son. The disciples were certainly shocked, and you can be sure they spent those next days weeping their eyes out for all the dreams they thought they lost. Jesus' followers hid from the world, worrying that Jewish or Roman authorities would soon come to arrest them because they had followed Jesus. But again, that is not the end of the story. What had Jesus previously told his closest disciples? The Son of Man is going to be betrayed into the hands of men, and they will kill him. But three days after he is killed, he will rise. Already a thousand years before that, week, King David had prophesied, you will not let your favored one see, see decay. <coughs> Jesus himself had repeated those promises about his end several times. And still, none of that would matter if, if we didn't know what came after. But we do. Jesus rose from the dead triumphant, triumphant over everything that could separate us from God. And we are free from condemnation because Jesus lives. We don't have to imagine the relief the disciples felt when they learned of Jesus' resurrection from the dead. They lived it. Where once they huddled away in sorrow and fear, <coughs> after the joy of Jesus being alive again was finally realized through numerous interactions with him, they spent the rest of their lives telling the world that Jesus lives. <coughs> Excuse me. They spent their lives announcing to all that Jesus died for sinners like you and me, but that he rose from the dead victorious over sin, death, the devil, and the power of unbelieving men. And then immediately after being filled with the Holy Spirit on Pentecost, those disciples preached and baptized. They went out on the highways and byways of the world. Some of them wrote down the history of all that Jesus has done to give us eternal life through the forgiveness of all our sins by the blood of Jesus shed on the cross. They faced angry mobs and cruel rulers defiantly refusing to be silenced so that people everywhere could hear about Jesus and live. So that in a little while we too will see him. Giving us a vivid description, Jesus said, A woman giving birth has pain because her time has come. 
But when she has delivered the child, she no longer remembers the anguish because of her joy that a person has been born into the world. So you also have sorrow now, but I will see you again. Your heart will rejoice, and no one will take away your joy from you. That promise wasn't just for the twelve. Like those original disciples, you and I may well have pain and sorrow in this world. Sin, death, and temptation still trouble us on every side. The world may well hate and abuse us. And yet that is not the end of the story for those who believe in Jesus. A day is coming soon when we will, with joy, see Jesus face to face. Now I'm not pretending to tell you when Judgment Day will come. That is not for us to know. Nor am I telling anyone that his or her end is immediately near. Still none of us know how long the Lord will give us here on earth. And yet we do know that whether that be just a few more hours or a hundred years, our end is coming soon. However, for Jesus' disciples, including all of those still alive today, our end is joy at seeing our Savior again. For we will never again be without our Redeemer and Lord. As blood-bought souls brought to faith in Jesus by the work of the Holy Spirit, in the preaching of the gospel and the washing flood of baptism, we have been given forgiveness full and free. The gates of heaven have been opened to us. And right now we have Jesus' assurance, surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Though we can't see Jesus physically, yet we have full confidence in our future because we know that he works all things together for the good of those who love God, for those who are called according to his purpose. Because those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son so that he would be the firstborn among many brothers. And those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he also justified. And those he justified, he also glorified. Jesus told his friends, I will see you again. Your heart will rejoice and no one will take, a, take your joy away from you. After a little while, the very little while of just a couple days, Jesus rose from the grave, and numerous eyewitnesses saw him, spoke with him, touched his pierced hands and side, and learned more from his personal teaching. Since his ascension to his Father's side in heaven, Jesus isn't visible to us as a man in our presence, yet he is here, hidden in the words of Scripture, in the absolution announced by a fellow believer, and in bits of bread and the cup of the wine in the Lord's Supper. He walks with us by his holy word. He cleanses us from sin by the work of his Holy Spirit through the water poured on the heads of little children, whatever their ages might be. Regardless of what the unbelieving world might imagine, there is nothing that can confuse us any longer concerning our end. Jesus watches over us right now, and we will be with him forever when he returns to take us home. 
and thereafter we will rejoice like we have never rejoiced here on earth. No matter how great a day you might have sometime experienced here, it doesn't compare to the joy of being reunited with God in the glory of heaven. St. Paul wrote, This perishable body must put on imperishability, and this mortal body must put on immortality. But once this perishable body has put on imperishability, and this mortal body has put on immortality, then as what is written will be fulfilled. Death is swallowed up in victory. Thanks be to God, who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. In a little while, we will see him. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, forevermore. Amen. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten not one, being of one with the Father. Through him all things were made, for us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven, was incarnate of the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and became fully human. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who in unity with the Father and the Son is worshiped and glorified. He has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy, Christian, and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come.
pray for the whole Church of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. For the baptized children of God, that we should shout for joy to him and sing the glory of his name in response to the awesome deeds he has done toward us in sending his Son to accomplish our eternal salvation. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord. For all pastors in Christ, that they would be diligent in their studies, faithful in their prayers, steadfast in their faith, and compassionate toward the children of God they serve, and for an increase in the pastoral vocation, let us pray to the Lord. For our children and young people, that they would be brought up by faithful parents, receive a good education in the schools of our land, and grow into faith, fruitful maturity, let us pray to the Lord. For the vocation of motherhood, that mothers would love and care for their children, and that children would cherish and honor their mothers, let us pray to the Lord. For all those who have entrusted who have been entrusted with earthly authority, that they would be given the spirit of wisdom to rule according to your will, so that justice and peace would flourish throughout the world, let us pray to the Lord. For all who suffer in this veil of tears, and for all those in need of our prayers, that they would be comforted with the sure and certain hope of eternal life through Christ, their Lord, knowing that a day is coming when no one will be able to take their joy from them, let us pray to the Lord. For those who partake of the Holy Supper of Christ's body and blood this day, that they would receive the blessed sacrament in repentance and faith, unto life everlasting, let us pray to the Lord. For those who have gone before us with the sign of faith and now rest in Jesus, let us give thanks to the Lord that we would be enlivened by the gospel and sustained in the one true faith until our last hour comes. Let us pray to the Lord. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is truly good, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you, Holy Lord, Almighty Father, everlasting God. But chiefly are we bound to praise you for the glorious resurrection of your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. For he is the very Paschal Lamb, which was offered for us and has taken away the sins of the world. By his death he has destroyed death, and by his rising to life again, 
He has restored to us everlasting life. Therefore, with angels and archangels, and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and saying, Almighty God, endless is your mercy and eternal is your reign. Out of love you created us and everything which exists. In mercy you preserved the church in Noah's day with a flood. In grace you promised to bless us through Abraham's seed. With patience you protected that seed through the judges and kings of Israel. In faithfulness you repeated your promises through the prophets. And when the time had fully come, you sent your Son born of a woman born under law, to redeem those under law with a perfect and sufficient sacrifice which paid the price for the sins of the entire world. Our Lord Jesus Christ, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup after supper, gave thanks, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Therefore, gracious Lord, we bow before you in thankfulness for your many and varied gifts, for Christ's redemptive death, his victorious resurrection, his ascension promises, and his powerful reign at your right hand. Bolstered by your endless grace and Pentecost spirit, we eagerly await his glorious return. Taught by our Lord and trusting his promises, we are bold to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always.
Now may this true body and blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ strengthen and preserve you in the true faith unto life everlasting. Depart in joy and peace all of your sins.
O God the Father, source of all goodness, in your loving kindness you sent your Son to share our humanity. We thank you that through him you have given us pardon and peace in this sacrament. We also pray that you will not forsake us, but will rule our hearts and minds by your Holy Spirit, so that we willingly serve you day after day. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God now and forever. <clears throat> the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Good morning again. I guess I didn't say good morning at the beginning like I usually do at home, but may God's richest blessings be yours this coming week. May the Lord watch over you and keep you and be with you every step of the way. I don't know if there's any announcements that are not in the bulletin. If anyone has one, they have to speak now. Otherwise, I will greet you as you in the back as you leave. But again, the Lord bless and preserve you always. Thank you.